Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Welcome everyone to episode 31, the Charlie Villanueva of the Walder Sportscast. I'm your host, Chris Walder, and you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. And if you like what you hear today, please leave a rating and review because it really does help out the podcast a great deal. So today's a special episode, although I'd like to think all of my shows are at this point. I've had analysts on in the past, both from the basketball and professional wrestling worlds, but never someone who's actively involved in the sport itself. But that all changes today because joining me on today's show is Shane Taylor, who wrestling fans may know from Ring of Honor Wrestling. He's one of the company's longest reigning television champions, and he's currently set to challenge Roosh for the ROH World Championship on February 27th. And I'm recording this intro before I actually do the interview, so he may actually be holding some extra gold, as he, along with the Soldiers of Savagery from Shane Taylor Promotions, are challenging for the six-man tag team titles on February 20th against Bandito, Flamita, and Ray Horace. So, my first professional wrestler here on the podcast, and hopefully not the last. But before I bring Shane on, feel free to check out my last episode when you're done here, of course, when I invited Andrew Zuber on to talk some professional wrestling. Andrew is currently a co-host of both the Sportsfeld podcast and Wrestling Brain on Twitch, and formerly of The Score and Yahoo Sports Canada as well. He's a big All Elite Wrestling fan, which I can appreciate, so we talked about the recent crossover with New Japan Pro Wrestling and what that means for both companies. I also brought back the likely and unlikely segment with a wrestling twist, and he even gave me some advice on how to throw a pandemic wedding, which my fiancé and I hope to have a little bit later this year, so please check out that show if you haven't already had the chance to do so. With all that being said, though, Shane Taylor will be with me after this quick break, so keep it locked. I don't dress the way you like, I don't look the way you like, but I fight the way I like. I don't walk the way you like, I don't talk the way you like, but I fight the way I like. I don't move the way you like, man my crew ain't who you like, but we fight the way we like. Joining me now is Shane Taylor, a former Ring of Honor World Television Champion and founder of Shane Taylor Promotions, who's currently the number one contender for Roosh's ROH World Championship, with that match scheduled to take place later this month on February 27th. And now, as well, the new Ring of Honor six-man tag team champion alongside Moses and Khan. Shane, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. That was a great introduction. Usually that's how I I know whether these things start off on the right foot is how they <laughs> introduce me. Did a great job. Happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you on the podcast, and I, I appreciate the fact that you dug the intro. You, you got to come on big for someone of your stature, my friend. We This is your the first wrestler on the Walder Sportscast, and you and I were actually set to record yesterday, 
but obviously mm-hmm. you're you reside in Houston, Texas right now, where the weather is uh, a little bit inclement uh, to say the least. So so just off right. the top here, I just want to ask you how you and your family are doing and how you're reacting to the the snowfall at this time of year in your neck of the woods. Me and my family first uh, are extremely blessed and extremely lucky. Uh, we didn't get hit as hard as a lot of people did. Power went out a couple times, but it was back on, you know, in a few hours. So nothing really crazy. Water still w- was fine. Had a few neighbors, had some pipes burst. So, you know, the efforts have been uh, to just make sure that everybody's okay. Um, people are getting what they need. And yeah, man, like being from Ohio, like being from Cleveland, the weather isn't an it isn't an issue like my girls went outside to go play in the snow they were loving it you know what i mean (laughs) um but a lot of people you know being down here aren't used to this like i am and like you are uh so they really didn't prepare and in in my mind you know it's that's on leadership right like yeah if if someone tells you a tornado's coming (laughs) one would think like oh okay we should probably tell people what they need to do in order to uh, minimize the damage, right? To lessen the the impact and the severity of this. But when you've got leadership kind of just not just sitting on their hands, you know, people are losing their lives, they're losing their homes, and it's 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 sad to see. Well, I assume you had a pretty negative reaction then when uh, Senator Ted Cruz was boarding that plane to Cancun. He got ripped to shreds by the media. Bro, I mean, look. Where I'm from, if you're gonna do dirt, at least be honest that you're doing dirt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't do dirt and then make up some lame excuse. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing worse. You know, there's nothing worse than that. Like, if if, if you're gonna do dirt, don't be a liar on, on top of it. You know what I mean? But yeah, like that's that's what I mean, man. Like, we need leaders that you know really want to help the people of Texas and really stand for something and stand for the people. And that just, to me, that that's just not what you do, man, as a leader. Like if your people are going through it, you should be going through it right next to them. You know what I mean? That to me is leadership. Well, everyone these days has a cell phone. And if you think you're going to go to an airport and, you know, get away with a, a fancy schmancy trip to Cancun at this time of year with the circumstances, not only with the snowfall, but, you know, the pandemic as well. Easier right. said than done for someone like Ted Cruz. So, right. but again, I'm glad to hear you and the family are doing well, Shane, that a big congratulations on your title win over the Mexis squad, which aired on Saturday night. I just caught it Sunday morning. It was a fantastic match. You know, you've held singles gold before in Ring of Honor, but this is your first title uh, of any sort for your partners, Moses and Khan. Do you get more joy out of seeing those two have such a moment in their careers winning a major championship like this than perhaps you even do for yourself? 100%. That's, and that's exactly it. You know, um, at this stage of my career, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be under the learning tree of a lot of great talent. Uh, so now it, it's sort of my turn to do for Khan and Moses what others did for me. Uh, and so now to, uh, to have them put their faith in me, to uh, come along with Shane Taylor Promotions, give me their time, their effort, their blood, sweat, and tears, uh, to, to have listened to me when I told them a year ago, you know, you give me one year and I'll make you champions here. Um, and to and, and to now fulfill that promise to them and get to see them uh, take their first steps in solidifying their leg their legacies. Excuse me, in ROH, 
Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just fantastic to to see to see the the uh, growth, the maturation, the uh, talent that I already saw the the potential uh, be realized. You know, for that to come to fruition. Uh, is absolutely incredible. You had this post last year where you highlighted the things that were said to you to demean you. And one line was, quote, your role is to help to make stars, not to be one. But with with Shane Taylor Promotions, you seem to have struck a very nice balance where everyone is better and stronger as a result of being a part of the promotion. Mm -hmm. Is that essentially the philosophy and the mindset of the group where it's not about just one individual, it's about elevating everyone involved? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of ways to say it, iron sharpens iron, what, whatever you want to say, but that's exactly what it is. You get like-minded individuals who want team success, and that's what Shane Taylor Promotions is. It's a team, right? These guys don't work for me. We're a team, right? I just happen to be the captain of the mm-hmm. team. And so every member from Ron Hunt to O'Shea to Khan to Moses is better than me at something, right? So they push me right. the same way I push them. And as the, as the leader, as the captain, I set the tone when, when it comes to diligence, to hard work, to, to things of that sort. So they can look at me. And just like when we talked about leadership, right, my guys know that I'm not going to ask them something or to ask them to do something that they don't already see me doing, right? That they can't look to their sure. left or their right and see me in the foxholes with them. Um, so when you see your leader doing stuff like that, when you see your captain doing stuff like, like that, it only encourages you to know, all right, he's here, let's get to work and let's do what we do. That's why this thing works so well. That's why you're, you're seeing the rapid success of everybody that you're seeing because that synergy is there. And obviously this upcoming championship match with Roosh is one of the biggest of your career, Shane. Right. And I'd like to think that it's just that extra bit special considering it was the fans who really pushed for this match on that Facebook poll with you winning by a significant margin. Although even without it, your recent record speaks for itself. What does it mean to you to have Ring of Honor fans in your corner to such a degree? Because clearly they're looking to reward you for the run that you've been on. Man, it is incredible. And just like you touched on, it's a little bittersweet, right? Because in my mind, it shouldn't have gone to the fans in the first place, right? Like what what I've done (laughs) should have warranted a Ring of Honor World Championship shot anyway. But the outpouring of love and support from the Ring of Honor fans only made it that much sweeter because it wasn't, I, I'm not some handpicked guy. There's no machine behind me, right? This is 100% organically grown. And what, when I say Shane Taylor Promotions is for the people, that's what I mean. That's that's what, that, that proves it, right? Uh, and so many people are afraid or don't understand the message that I have, what I'm trying to do, who exactly I am. And, but there's a lot of people who really do get it, especially in today's day and age, when you look around in, in society uh, and how things are going in the country, people hear what I'm saying, they see the action behind it, and then they're supporting it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what people are seeing now when they wonder why, why, why are people gravitating to him and, and to STP the way they are, it, it's because we're real and we and they know uh, everybody can relate to being uh, look, looked over or 
uh, underestimated or told that they're not good enough or told that what their role is or what their role won't be, right? So everybody can latch on to that. Mm-hmm. And we just continue to keep proving people wrong time and time again. And you've said in the past that perhaps Ring of Honor wasn't promoting you to the extent that perhaps that you deserve. Do you think leading into this championship match with Roosh that that's been the polar opposite? Because I think the company has done a great deal mm-hmm. of getting Shane Taylor's name out there. Absolutely. Uh, and and it's it's funny because it's like, had, had this been the case from the start, Maybe as STP is not even a thing, right? I wouldn't have had anything to be upset about, yeah. right? But history is what it is. But Re- but ROH has done a great job of promote of promoting this as well as STP in general. Uh, so I'm excited for what what the future holds. I think we've done an incredible job of proving why we deserve this platform. I don't think there's a more cohesive unit in professional wrestling than Shane Taylor Promotions is. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. think that there are people that that put it all on the line like we do, uh, not only in action inside the ring, but actions outside of it. And when you look at the lineage of, of most singles championships in Ring of Honor, Shane, it's rare to see a black wrestler hold gold. Right. And for the world championship, we've seen Jay Lethal. And of the 19 television champions, there's been yourself, of course, mm-hmm. Lethal, Kenny King, and, and not to be outdone, of course, Jonathan Gresham is currently the pure champion right. for Ring of Honor as well. You head into this match with Roosh. Does it dawn on you that you'd be entering rarefied territory of being you know, the next black world champion? And does it provide maybe an added incentive to become champion because of the impact it may have on black fans or fans who are looking to see more representation atop wrestling promotions? That is a great question because it's what I it's what I live for. To make that to make that kind of history, to make my mark in this sport, to reach the potential that I was told that I have to shatter those glass ceilings and to to cement my legacy in this sport, especially in ROH. Right. Uh, someone said I, I read a comment that said, if Shane Taylor can win the Ring of Honor World Championship, he deserves to go down as one of the legends of ROH. And that hit me because it was like, man, to, to be mentioned in the same category or the same breath as guys like Homicide or Samoa Joe or Danielson or McGinnis, mm-hmm. you know, guys, punk, you know, guys that help build the stage that I'm on now to be mentioned my with my name up there with some of theirs would be that's what you do this for you know guys like Jay Lethal guys like Jay like both the Briscoes you know what I mean that have helped help put us where we're at to have my name in that conversation would be incredible do you think Shane that professional wrestling in general in recent years has made more progress in terms of pushing black talent because when you look back at the heyday of the sport right in the late 90s, you think of names like Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, and and groups like DX and NWO, albeit mm-hmm. to a lesser extent because they featured men like Stevie Ray and Vincent, although they were never pushed as top stablemates. But mm-hmm. in recent years, perhaps the biggest moment was in WWE when Kofi Kingston became their champion. Mm-hmm. You know, Rich Swan is currently the Impact World Champion. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks holds gold, as does, you know, up until last night anyway, Bobby Lashley right. with the Hurt Business. And even your former partner, Keith Lee, held two titles simultaneously mm-hmm. in NXT. Do you feel that the industry in general is progressing in that regard? Yes. Uh, yes and no, though, because I, I absolutely okay. love all the success that I'm seeing. And I, I don't think, is there talent there was ever the question. 
it's how do we understand the talent? Mm -hmm. How do we market the talent? How, how do we promote the talent to its, to its utmost? That's always been the issue. And for me, seeing everybody that you just mentioned succeed and those that we know of that, that, that you didn't, you know, it's fantastic to see all that success where I would like to see that continue, but where I would like to see further growth is in management is in booking is in marketing is in creative to be to be able to not only say oh okay here we have this talent the only thing we know how to how to promote is that he's or she is black right have right. have people in those rooms that know how to say all right hey they're also from ghana or they're also from trinidad or they're also from chicago learn and have people that know the culture that are able to say, hey, this is this is something niche that they do, or this is something that could connect to them, you know, personally, you know, because not because er everybody's different, right? Black fans mm -hmm. aren't a monolith. Black talent isn't a monolith. We all think differently. We all act differently. So the same person that you have from LA is not going to be the same person that you have from Philly or from Cleveland or from Houston or or, right. or anywhere, right? So having people that understand that, that are able to find those small things in the culture to bring out the largest personalities possible is I think the next step uh, in the evolution of this uh, of this fight. It kind of reminds me of like when you look at uh, the, the Oscars or the Emmy Awards right. and whenever the nominations are revealed, it's always acknowledged that perhaps there's not enough black representation mm -hmm. in the award nominees. So you think personally that perhaps in professional wrestling, having more black representation behind the scenes would be, I mean, it would absolutely be a positive for the industry. 100%. I mean, it's like, how, how do you market and create stars that you can't relate to? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like to, to, to use a different sport, right? If, if you're the leader of say a football team, right? And the majority of your talent yeah. is African American, you're, you're going to need to understand that talent on some sort of level to get them to perform the way you need to maximize their potential right uh and, and in wrestling mm -hmm. although it's an individual thing this is still a team right because the company is the team so in order for me to get the most out of everybody on my team i'm going to need to put the coaches in the in, in the proper place and people that can relate to my players right that's what i need I, I need all of that potential to be maximized. So I need to have people in place that can do that, right? From a storytelling aspect to right. a creative aspect to uh, training to whatever. Um, so, it, so it only makes sense that in order to get the most out of that talent, you need to have people that can relate to them.
I saw this Instagram post of yours basically a month ago today where you posed with other black performers from ROH like Jay Lethal, Kenny King, Jonathan Gresham like we touched on earlier and you all held your, your fists in the air. Mm-hmm. When you look at that group shot now, Shane, what emotions does it evoke for you not only as a professional wrestler but a black professional wrestler? Taking that photo can be summarized in three words, right? Pride, unity, and respect. Uh, you have some of the right. greatest talents in the world. We all have tremendous pride in, in ourselves, in, in, in our culture, uh, and to be unified on that front, to understand we're all in this struggle together, we're all in this fight to, together, and not, uh, and we're not here to trip each other up, is fantastic. And uh, to understand that we represent all that is possible in pro wrestling, right? To be able mm-hmm. to be true to ourselves and not be stereotypes of black culture or caricatures of black culture because it's the easy thing to do, right? Uh, in, in this world yeah. of instant gratification and what have you done for me lately, sometimes the easiest thing is, hey, let's, let's just put them in one of these five roles, right? But uh, we are all people who, had, who have depth, who are striving to be excellent. And for me, that makes the ride even better, right? Uh, because yeah. like, like, like the best part of a roller coaster is, isn't the drop, it's the build up to it, right? It, it's that, yeah. oh, here it comes, you know what I mean? Like, so that's what people get to see with, with all of us in ROH, right? You've seen Shane Taylor from the beginning, right? And now we're going up that ramp and it's going to be one hell of a ride. How difficult is it for you as a father having conversations with your children about racism and police brutality and being black in America? Because with everything that's happened Mm -hmm. over the last calendar year with the Black Lives Matter movement following the murder of George Floyd, it feels like these types of conversations are far more prevalent these days. It may seem like that to people that haven't had to have these conversations who are now kind of forced to, uh, but this is, these are conversations that have happened every single day in, in the black, whether that's a good or a bad thing, you know, is up to whoever's judging it. But this is something that you just have to be prepared for, man. And, and my daughter is six years old now. Uh, my youngest is two. And I remember watching the news, and having to explain to her what happened during the George Floyd situation. And for her to look at me and ask me, you know, daddy, are the police going to get me too? Broke me, man. You know what I mean? Like there's, I, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't help but, you know, grab her and, and hug her and, and, and weep a little bit and let her know that, you know, as long as I'm here, to the best of my ability, that'll never happen, you know? But right. what, what I can do is prepare her for the world, prepare her to be a black woman in this world, let her understand what that means, what's ahead of her, and and, and how hard she's going to have to work and uh, understand that it's going to be a tough road. But she's got the tools to be able to be successful. And as long as I'm I'm around and I'm breathing, uh, I'm going to make sure to keep her as safe as possible. Kind of shifting gears in a way here, I noticed that you have this amazing shot of WWE Hall of Famer Ron Simmons, who mm. is recognized as the first black world champion, right. handing you the Wildcat Sports Heavyweight Championship back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And you've obviously accomplished a lot since then, but where does that moment 
rank for you in terms of career accomplishment years after the fact? Man, you talk about full circle moments, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and, yeah. and just living out that dream to have one of my childhood heroes, one of the guys that inspired me to do this, uh, the guy that I watched beat Vader for a world championship, now handing me one of mine is absolutely incredible. Uh, and to do it at a place like Wildcat Sports, uh, who's, that's owned by Luke Hawks, you know, a guy that has, has done so much for me, giving me so, so many great opportunities in wrestling and out of it to be able to have a moment like that with him there, with, with, with all of their fans there, and to be able to have led that ship twice, you know, uh, has, was incredible, you know, and I think I was the first African-American champion there too. So to have that, uh, that connection with Ron is incredible. Uh, so it, it was just a really a dream come true. Does it dawn on you that you may be having a similar impact on the next generation of wrestlers, similar to what Ron Simmons did for you, you know, with your upcoming title match with Roosh, whether you successfully win the championship there or somewhere down the road, it just feels inevitable at this point that you will be a world champion. Do you ever think about the impact you may be having on, you know, wrestlers who are going to be coming into the industry 10, 20 years from now? Man, that's so wild to think about because in my mind, I'm just, I'm always just going to be a kid from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio. But <laughs> sometimes like my wife will sit at me down, especially like when, when I get messages where people will tell me like, hey, you, you inspired me to do this. You inspired me to make these changes or or to use my voice more. It's it's super humbling to me because, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm just a guy. You know what I mean? But yeah. the fact that somebody may look at me the same way that I look at Ron is an absolute blessing. And if, if, if even if it's one person, right, then I have done my job in this sport uh, when I decide to leave, which isn't soon. But when I decide to go, then I'll have known that it was a successful career. I always wonder when you're a professional wrestler, once you reach the pinnacle of your craft, what's ultimately your next goal and your next goal after that. So when the day comes when you do become world champion Shane, and mm -hmm. since you've already beaten the likes of Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe and so on and so forth, what's next on Shane Taylor's to-do list as a wrestler? Cementing my legacy as the best ever. I, right. I There's a BJ Penn quote that says, I only want to be the best ever. Is that so much to ask? Right? <laughs> so... And that, 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 <laughs> that stuck with me because it's like, man, that's, you know, the work involved, you know, the dedication involved, but I'm not here to be second place to anybody, right? I'm not here to say, Hey, I was better than everybody else, but so-and-so no, you can move them to, because I'm yeah. coming for the number one spot, right? First things first, it's winning the ring of honor world championship. It is it, leading my guys, Khan, Moses, Ron and O'Shea to championships of their own. And then it's solidifying myself as one of the very best to ever do it uh, in Ring of Honor or just period. Uh, so for me, that's what's mm -hmm. next. And when you're aiming for goals like that, then you start to chase ghosts, right? Uh, you start, you start, right. you start to chase legends and ghosts of Ring of Honor past. And so then the next goals after that are going to be climbing up that ladder uh, and making room for my face on the Mount Rushmore of ROH. 
where would you say that you know your legacy as a professional wrestler falls on your priority list? Because for some performers out there, maybe it's about making the most money or, mm. or getting on TV more often than not or, or having the best matches. But or does that kind of all be grouped together at the end of the day when it comes to evaluating a wrestler's legacy? I, I think different people are going to answer that question differently. But for me, my wrestling legacy is probably third on my list. First things first, it, okay. it, it's being a good father and a good husband, taking care of my family. Secondly, it's about being um, someone that my community can look at and say he represented us the way that we want to be represented uh, and, and, and the way we should be. And then third, it's what my accomplishments and, you know, and, and, and money and titles and things of that sort are, right? Because you can have the world right you can have millions of followers mm-hmm. you 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 can have millions of dollars but if you did it all and you're fake and you're exposed what do you have right now everything is ruined mm-hmm. right so for me it's about being able to look at myself in the mirror first know i'm exactly who i say i am and then the rest of the stuff that comes with it how would how would you describe the overall morale of the ring of honor roster these days when you factor in the ROH bubble, not competing in front of a live audience on the regular. I, I must imagine that some days are are better than others. Is, is this the type of setting where everyone has to rally together? Or have you and those you work alongside kind of found ways to deal with the current circumstances? I think morale is super high. And, and, I, and I think uh, for, for us, the bubble helped everybody focus in, right? Because now they know mm-hmm. uh, that all eyes are on us. And I think since coming back, we have produced some of the best wrestling in the entire world. And I think the fans are getting behind that. Other people may get more press. Other people may get more notoriety. They may be the, the hot thing right now. But when it comes to consistency and talent and putting on the best shows possible, more and more people are realizing that's been ROH. Not only just since since we come back, but before it as well. Uh, so for us, it's continuing to keep 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 that going, keep the momentum strong, and keep putting on uh, the best matches and best shows possible, and standing on the fact and proving at every single event that we are the best wrestling on the planet. Do you think ROH? solely needs to focus on ROH at the moment because we're seeing a lot of wrestling companies mm-hmm. these days, you know, opening forbidden doors and right. working together during this pandemic. But you look at ROH's talent pool and and frankly every company's talent pool for that matter, mm-hmm. there there's so many there's so much talent to be had. Do you think ROH just needs to kind of work by itself now? You you don't need to be working alongside an impact or an AEW like they're currently doing. I one hundred percent, right? I I think that while any of those those partnerships, I'm sure, when it makes sense, would be welcomed and would give, you know, some great dream matchups to the fans. People have to understand, like, we have an incredible roster. And when you think about who still mm-hmm. can't come because of pro because of protocols, we've got another probably 10 to 15 international stars who are going to be coming back when things open up again, right? So I think right. that our talent pool is absolutely one of the best on the planet. And, and I think all we've got to do is focus on giving them platforms and providing them opportunities. And we can make sure uh, that ROH is as strong as ever, right? Because a lot of the partnerships that we've had have been great for the other companies that we've been working with, right? And, and it helped us mm-hmm. a bit, but I think in the long run didn't help us as much as 
it as it was intended to, right? Um, so sure. I, I think that we definitely need to just say, hey, let's just do us. Let's focus on us. Let's be the best that we can be. And when we feel as though we've reached a point where a partnership with anybody else is going to be as beneficial for us as it is for, for, for them, that's when we make that move. Shane, we are drawing to a close here, but before we sign off, I do have some fun rapid-fire questions to send you on your way. Let's hit it. So I'm a Toronto Raptors guy, you know, mm. based out of Toronto. And let me just say that it was not fun watching LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> whoop us in the playoffs year after year. But I will say, though, that it was cool to see James and the and the Cavaliers overcome that 3-1 deficit against the Golden State Warriors in 2016 to become champions. So as a Clevelander, Shane, what was it like for you watching that title run unfold and then, you know, in Game 7 for the Cavaliers to conquer Golden State and end the city's title drought? If you're not from Cleveland, it is hard to put into words to make you understand what that was because joy doesn't begin in to describe it, re, re, like relief, you know what I mean? Just just pride to, to, to have the city of Cleveland who are such diehard fans for their teams, man, who go, who really do, you know, eat, sleep, breathe, and live Cleveland sports to, to finally be able to say uh, we are champions, you know what I mean? To, mm -hmm. to have that kind of hope and that kind of inspiration flow through the streets of the city is amazing, right? I was so happy for the city, right? You know, for, for the Cavs too and for LeBron and all that, but for the city to have people feel that, you know what I mean? To to understand and, yeah. and, and to be able to tell their kids, uh, you know, hey, you know, we are something special, right? Is, is incredible. And uh, man, I, I, I probably, Watched the end of that game probably 50 times that night. Cried in my car, you know what I mean? Just like, man, just so happy for the city. <laughs> like, so happy for everybody to be able to have something to, to, to celebrate and be happy for, man. Because a lot of times it, it, it's really rough grow, grow, growing up on the east side, especially. Uh, so to have yeah. that positivity was much needed and i'm just so incredibly happy for the city what are your thoughts on the current cavaliers then because they're near the bottom of the standings unfortunately in both the east and the nba as a whole but there was a stretch there where colin sexton was basically the talk of the league and i, I must say that you know the sexland nickname with him and darius garland is just the absolute <laughs> best thing bro uh man you know like that's that's something that we're used to is being overlooked but continuing to put that work in and that's and that's what what the Cavs are now you know they're rebuilding they're putting the work in uh and i'm sure you know once they get a few more pieces that that the wins will start to roll in again but until they do we're just going to keep supporting them because they're 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 still our champions you know what i mean so uh much much love to colin sexton to the, to the Cavs, to kevin love the whole the whole crew keep 
making the city proud. Uh, and I will do my best uh, to to bring you guys some more world championships on this end. Ooh, I like that answer. Very nice. I will say, though, that, you know, the Cavaliers may have burned out all of their good luck with all of those number one picks they won uh, <laughs> in recent years when they got Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins and Anthony right. Bennett. You know, the well might be dry, but we'll see at the end of the season. But uh, Shane, is J.J. Watt heading to the Cleveland Browns, or is that is that the dream signing right I mean, there? I mean, that would be super dope. You know what I'm saying? That, that would be dope. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine the pressure on the quarterback when you got Miles Garrett and J.J. Watt from either end? That's wild, bro. That's wild. Ooh. You know what I mean? And now you've got to got like now imagine that Kansas City game when they can't triple team Miles Garrett all game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm watching. Yeah. I'm like, damn, man, that's tough. Like I'm watching him get hit with you know tackles and, and tight ends and halfbacks. I'm like, dang, they will not let my man breathe. You know. Uh, so to have <laughs> to have somebody else just as dangerous, just as capable of of making big plays as him on the other side would be in, in, incredible. And and the defense would would re return to top ten, top five form. And if the offense can continue to put up up to put up a, 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 a few points here and there. You know what I'm saying? We might be talking a a AFC title game, dare I say, maybe Super Bowl berth. You know what I mean? So, and if that happens, look out, man. If the Browns win a Super Bowl, look out. If y'all thought the Cavs parade was something, if the Browns win a Super Bowl, it is going to be absolute pandemonium in the city. It must have been rough for you being a Browns fan, having to live in Pittsburgh for as long as you did. Brother, oh man, we, we don't even have the time <laughs> to get into that. You know what I mean? But... <laughs> Yes, and and to be able to have the run that they just had last year while knocking the Steelers out of the playoffs is just an added little bonus. Shout out to uh, Brian Malonis and uh, and the other state and, and and my man the uh, Savage Gentleman uh, out out here cheering for the Steelers. Glad we sent y'all home. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> man, just the icing on the cake to that to that great run to send the Steelers home. Ju Juju, you know, talking trash, sitting on, on the bench, mouth open, you know, wondering what happened, just, mm, man, the uh, icing on that revenge cake, just so sweet, so sweet. Man, if the Browns ever win the Super Bowl, I'm gonna have to have you back on Bro, the podcast just be, to celebrate for a good I'm 60 minutes. Heavily in, in, in influenced by alcohol, probably, uh, and just absolutely wilding out, because it's gonna be, so incredible, you know what I mean? But yes, if, if that happens, we will definitely do it again. I ask everyone this on the podcast, Shane, and it's even more fitting for one of the greatest television champions in Ring of Honor history. I'm curious what's the last show you found yourself binge watching, or if, that, or if that's something you haven't had the time to do, what's the last great show that you've caught on the regular? Ooh, you know what it is? My wife has gotten me into a lot of these cooking shows, and so Cut, okay. Cutthroat Kitchen is and if it, kitchen, and if anybody okay. hasn't heard of it, go look it up. It is super dope. Like, imagine this. All right, so cook, cooking is hard enough, right? Cooking at an elite level is hard enough. Oh yeah. Right, but then you add in the fact that people get to throw in sabotages, right? So, not only do you have to make this exquisite meal for a, for a judge with the craziest palates ever, right? But now I tell you, you can't use your your professional grade equipment. You have to use my daughter's easy bake oven to 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 make this meal <laughs> right that's the kind of stuff that we're talking yeah. about right like you can only make 
this meal using tinfoil, right? Like, all kind of just... Oh, God. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Like, that's the things that you see on this show. You're like, yo, how are they going to get out of this, right? And then you get the personalities matched up, right? And and you get the pettiness, right? Because someone gave you a sabotage in the first round you survived it and now you're like oh it's coming you know what i mean and so you start seeing people hit them with all kind of sabotages right to, to just get the revenge going and it is it's incredible man it, it, it's one of my guilty pleasures because i am combative by nature right so i i love seeing people yeah. go back and forth and kind of and kind of hit that so yeah that's the last show that i binge watched because it was just it, so damn entertaining well, speaking of food, chain breadcrumbs on mac and cheese. Explain to me why that's a huge don't when it comes to food. Oh, man. Breadcrumbs on mac and cheese. I don't know who started it. I don't know how it caught on, but y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop. <laughs> breadcrumbs do not go on mac and cheese. If you want something crunchy, you know, eat some corn, grab some chips, do whatever you want to do. But mac and cheese is noodles. It's the milk. It's the cheese. It's put in the oven. All of that stuff, that's proper mac and cheese. I don't know who started this breadcrumbs on mac and cheese nonsense, but it needs to stop. Okay? It needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. Right? You you should be jailed, you know, if if not at the very least fined for for just desecrating <laughs> a you know, a staple dish, you know. <laughs> right or wrong by DMX, Bam by Jay-Z featuring Damian Marley, and Hustle and Motivate by Nipsey Hustle. What is it about those songs specifically that best describe you as a person? Man, it's understanding the situation that you're in, understanding how hard the fight is gonna be, assessing the situation and overcoming it no matter the obstacle. Having people tell you that you were gonna be nothing and proving everybody wrong. Uh, right. Understanding that you're coming from nothing, that you're coming from the gutter and to be on top of the mountain, to be the man, to be everything they told you that you weren't going to be that man if that doesn't give you goosebumps nothing will right there, there's one more too and it's the sound mm-hmm. of revenge by chameleonaire it, i believe it's the outro okay. right the sound of revenge is one of my favorite songs as well because that and, and that encompasses everything that i just said right yeah to have every everybody and everything against you and still be standing there going i told you so to me is just the ultimate the ultimate revenge is success not being angry not being hurt not letting your emotions get the best of you it's simply succeeding because once you do that there's nothing they can say they just have to sit there and take it (laughs) you know what i mean just have to sit there and look and just mm, you know what i mean that that satisfaction of, of, of having all the haters just stuck, you know what I mean? And, and having no choice mm-hmm. but to give you, you know, all the respect that you are due is truly amazing. Shane, what's one wrestling move that you'd be more than happy never being on the receiving end of again in your career? Anything ladder-based, yeah. Or table-based, anything <laughs> involving going through something or hitting something very hard. Uh, yeah, you could go ahead and toss all that right out. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> anything like as far as like uh the moves themselves there's nothing that crazy that i've had to experience uh mm-hmm. but 
yeah, man, uh, you can keep the ladders, you can keep the tables, chairs, all that stuff. You know what I mean? You can have it. Do you, ever, do you ever get, like, the occasional fan reaching out to you saying, like, oh, going through a table, it probably doesn't hurt. It's probably a rigged table or a rigged ladder. Does that ever just piss you right off? No, because I feel like at this point, especially with the amount of trolling that people do, because I guess they weren't hugged enough as kids, it's... <laughs> It's kind of par for the course and you can fairly I've I, I've been blessed to have the right people around me that kind of tell me hey pick, pick like pick your battles right like do you really want to go at yeah. it with this dude who's got seven followers on Twitter you know what I mean and he's just talking because he hopes that you're gonna give him a reaction no all right then just let it go you know what I mean so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm never worried about stuff like light 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 excuse me I'm never worried about stuff like that because uh, for me, it's it's just reality. Like, all right, cool. Go to home to Home Depot or Lowe's. Find find a table, buy one, <laughs> jump through it. Yeah. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I like it. I like. And then it. keep yeah. in mind that you know that's the only thing you did. Not having to compete at a world class level with another person for 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. You know, and, and subjecting your body through another 800 car crashes. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah, man, it's the severity and the danger of what of what we we do. I I think is lost on a lot of people because of the skill in which we do it. Um, so sometimes you make things look easy that are extremely difficult, right? So people think it's easy because you made it look easy. Mm -hmm. um, but that is certainly not the case. <laughs> and lastly, Shane, you have a boxing background and you pride yourself on the power of the punch. So please tell a novice like me, what's the blueprint behind a picture perfect punch? Strangely enough, the the blueprint behind a knockout or a picture perfect punch isn't power. It's technique and it's accuracy, okay. right? Uh, people think you throw punches with your arms. It's not true. You throw punches with your legs. You throw punches with, with your hips, with hip drive. Your, your hands are merely just a follow through, right? To head movement, placement, and hip drive. Uh, so if you put a shot accurately where you want it to go, uh, that's gonna beat power every single time, right? So for me, mm -hmm. um, not only am I a hard hitter, but I'm a very accurate striker. And that is what does more damage than the power itself, because hitting you in the right spot, you know, is bad enough. Hitting you there with power only makes it that much harder of a night for you. So accuracy above everything. Well, I hope to God that I never have to use those skills in combat, Shane. I'm a lover, <laughs> not a fighter. But what I do hope is to one day have you back on my podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on today. I wish you nothing but continued success, especially in your upcoming Ring of Honor World Championship match. But before I let you go, Shane, let the listeners know where they can find you on the web. Uh, you can follow me at, at Shane216Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Notorious Shane Taylor. Uh, check out the Pro Wrestling Tees store. Uh, it's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Shane Taylor, all lowercase. And of course, ROHWrestling.com. Plenty of great merchandise there. They just put up a brand new shop uh, with the latest merchandise and uh, technology and all kind of great stuff there. So please go ahead and check that out. Um, and thank you to everybody who has followed me or supported me over the last 13 years. 
uh, who, who have supported my run up until now. I promise you we are just getting started and we are going to change the world and change the sport of professional wrestling. You're the best, Shane. Thank you so much for doing this and go get that Ring of Honor World Championship. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And that was my interview with Shane Taylor, who you can follow on Twitter at Shane216Taylor, obviously repping his Cleveland roots with his handle there. I'm really happy I had the chance to chat with him. It's one thing to be able to discuss professional wrestling, but it's an entirely different thing when you're doing so with someone who lives, breathes, and actually competes in the industry. And maybe one day when the Cleveland Browns do win the Super Bowl, he'll come back on my podcast and gloat for an hour. This has been episode 31 of the Walder Sportscast. Please leave a rating and review if you like what you heard today. Download the show on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Podbean, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And Vince Carter, I'm still waiting for a response. If you're down for a podcast appearance, let's make this happen because I would love to chat with you. That's another one in the books. So as always, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports.